I hear you. Real. I hear you. But do you absolutely need it? Like, let's say well, we we're don't in, need any of in a post <laughs> post oral world where there was an apocalypse and they're all wiped off. The aliens came and took all the oral steroids. Could you still get into shape? What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear with Skip Hill and Andrew Berry. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. You could use our code THINK for additional savings. We are also bought, brought to you by Strom Sports Nutrition for everybody in the UK. And uh, we're brought to you by supplementsource.ca for those of you in Canada. We're also brought to you by you guys, people at Patreon. Thank you guys very much for everything that you do to help support the show. We're going to just dive into some listener questions. I'm hanging out here with coaches Skip Hill and Andrew Barry. As always, you guys have a bunch of coaching experience. I've done this for a couple of years, online coached for six months now. Five. For six months now, huh? Yeah, yeah six whole months. It's only been five months. I'm getting ready for my first show. I'm counting. We've got a bunch of, we do have a bunch of stuff. Uh, if you guys want to take part in the next episode, then comment with your questions plus comments likes all that stuff it helps to boost us up in the algorithm um just take this from the top andrew this is one of your questions wasn't it yeah it's from a kid uh my gym he just had a uh, i think he ruptured his quad tendon squatting oh shit tore his quadricep yeah bad worst injury you've ever experienced and how did you come back from it mentally damn you know I would never say I've never had like a, you know, like a I tore a pec completely or I tore a hamstring, you know, that that put me out for like five months or six months or anything like that. But I have, and you guys probably too, just always a series of one thing kind of after another that restricts what you can do. Yeah. Like right now, yeah, I've got major fucking impingement in my shoulder where I can't even like I can barely even raise it. Really, so all shoulder training's out. Yeah, oddly enough, I can do very close grip benching. Um, I see a PT a couple times a week for it, but, um, yeah, I, I'm very limited back exercises right now. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just kind of rattling off top here. You know, I, I've had a partial bicep tear. I've had a couple partial pec tears, um, but never that catastrophic, you know, take you out of the game for six months, surgery, that yeah. kind of thing. Quad so rupture. I can't say I've ever, yeah, I've never had that. It's just been like a series of things. Oh, you know, you got to take this body part off for a month or so, or, you know, that kind of thing. How about you guys? I mean, I've had a couple minor injuries over the time. No, to the point where I honestly, I'm being sarcastic. I don't even like to talk about them. Hmm. I saw that question. I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to talk about my glute again. So here's what glute turning into a knee issue over the course of two and a half years. But anyway, here's the thing that I think is the most important. And it's the biggest takeaway that I had because I've had more in down injury issues in the last couple of years that I've had throughout even my back issues and everything else. If you don't, if this is for me, I'm speaking for myself only. I'm an all or nothing guy. I either have the foot, my foot on the pedal to the floor and I'm a hundred percent and I'm locked in, or I am lying on the couch, eating Cheetos, drinking monsters and, or eating Uber eats every night, which is right now it's I'm either there and on, or I'm not. What I did with the injuries is I forced, and I knew this because I know I've been, I know myself quite well. It would have been very easy for me to just go, fuck it. I'm just going to sit back and wait for this to heal. But I also knew that it was potentially a long time. So I mentally, it probably was from a training standpoint, the most difficult 
thing of keeping myself positive on a daily basis and doing the work that you're just, I, there's nothing worse than having, you know, being strong and your legs are big and, and then all of a sudden you're, you're happy to get 25s on the side of a leg press to get a minor little tiny pump and the pain is decreased. And I'm only using myself as an example. Everybody has different injuries. But the point is, is do what you can to work through and to keep going because I was still able to train upper body just fine. Matter of fact, I was able to train hamstrings. I actually, in hindsight, my hamstrings ended up better due to the downtime yeah. because of the problem with the quad. Now, that doesn't do me much good when my quads are in, you know, we're in such shitty condition once everything was done. But there's always, if you look for it and you're not negative, there's a silver lining. And the shit that I learned during this time of trying to see what worked and what didn't and what was not supposed to work actually worked. And some of the shit that was supposed to work didn't work. You learn a lot. And I can now take, I can go forward with my clients and myself knowing so much more about the knee and what you can do and what you can't do. Uh, same thing with the lower back issues years ago. And I really think this is true. The more you learn about injuries, arguably the more injuries you have and you have to work through, the better you might become as a coach. Yeah especially for clients who have those issues and they will come to you because of the issues you've had in the past and you've been able to work through it. Yeah. I, I, I see that all the there. time. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, I have more note sheets for different injuries that I, like I send as PDFs to people on how to like work around or the warmups they need to do for this one or the, you know, turn on certain muscle groups because they've been dormant. I have more PDFs of that that I've made that I send out than I do of, um, you know, gear cycles or potential yeah. supplement, you know, you know what I'm talking about? It's more, it's more injury stuff related to, for that mindset of like, okay, there's always something else you can do. You know, you can train this a little bit more. We can try to strengthen your injury doing this or whatever it might be, the therapy, whatever. So. Yeah. I, I hurt my back, my low back. And thankfully there was nothing on the MRI that came back bad. And this was like a couple years into very serious training. Like when I decided like, okay, I'm going to compete and stuff like that. And uh, it literally took me out. Like I kept going back to the gym and then I would just hurt it again. And it got to the point like the first time I heard it, I literally, I, I think I did something the day before and I got on a leg press and I just started warming up. And I remember I did like one plate on the leg press. Okay. Put two plates on the leg press. Okay. And then I stood up and then all of a sudden my back spasmed and I couldn't sit down. I found myself like standing outside of my car pondering, how am I going to get in this to drive myself to the hospital? Mm -hmm. Like I, it was that bad. I literally couldn't walk for two weeks. Like I, it yeah. sucked ass. It was bad. And I ended up being that I didn't end up like I took, God, it had to be like almost six months off of everything. Like I just was so like just screwed up. I tried to do anything, you know, pick up a plate and it just would go back out. Eventually I did get my head around what it was and it has made me better. And I have been able to help other people to turn like long-term back issues around. Um, you've heard me talk about strengthening my glutes. That was part of it. But the other thing I did learn was I learned how to grow my legs without doing squats. Like I learned how to get creative. I learned how to grow my legs with just like leg press and hamstring curl and extensions. And it, it you know, it, I had to get really creative and I think it really taught me how to, how to grow muscle 
you know, outside of the box. And I totally agree with you guys too. Like I've, I've seen so many people, how many times does somebody come to you? It's the first time they've ever gotten tennis elbow. They don't even know what it's called. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. I remember doing hurting myself with that so bad that like I couldn't even grip a bar, you know, like I literally had to take time off the gym because that hand no longer worked period. Cause I didn't do anything mm-hmm. about it. It just kept getting worse and worse, you know? So, and, and now we're in a position where we can tell people like, okay, this is what we need to do to fix that. Before you get to where I was, I literally had to go to physical therapy for tennis elbow because it was that bad. It was the worst. But yep. anyway, that's, that's my story. Well, and I, what does that say though about trainers too? I mean, you end up with, and I know this is going to sound like the old guy beating up on the young guys. And that's exactly what it is. <laughs> when you're 25 years old, what type of history do you have of working through injuries? Yeah. You don't. So what can you really bring to the table from a training standpoint that that other people can't it, it, like there's no there's no real magic. There's no there's no wisdom there. It's like, well, I've trained this way for there isn't a, there isn't a whole lot there. So, you know, from a nutrition standpoint, a younger coach can have, you know, pretty good track record. But from a training standpoint, especially when it comes to injury, I think that's why. The older demographic, you know, and I, I'm lucky because I'm involved with Elite FTS. So that older demographic, I, I Elite fee, feeds that big time. My writing mm-hmm. for Elite, and I love it. That demographic will come to me, not only because I know my shit for nutrition and everything else, but if they have had or they're concerned about having injuries, they can already relate because they know my history with those types of things. And think about it: if you are worried about an injury or you've had an injury. Are you going to go to somebody with no experience with injury? Are you going to go even even put aside the fact that they can help you work through, but even the being relatable and understanding what you're dealing with when it comes to those limitations versus a coach that's going to be, you know, potentially, I'll suck it up. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do that. And that's not true. (laughs) I think that carries over also to the people who you hire to help fix you, like PTs, chiropractors, doctors, Mm -hmm. like my chiropractor, my PT. Both are athletes themselves, train, um, high experience, been around bodybuilders before, know, know what they're doing when you say something hurts back here. Then they know what tests to perform on you to try to figure out what muscle it is and go from there. Versus right. like, I wouldn't want a fresh out of college PT who'd never actually had any experience working with athletes, you know, tearing or breaking down their bodies, um, trying to tell me how to fix it. So, I, yeah, yeah, I think right across the board there. Absolutely. All right. Uh, If there's anything that we want to answer quickly, we can. We might not be able to get through everything, but we've got about 20 of them on deck. So Reza asks us, uh, do you think adding 300 mass to 750 test cycle uh, for Masteron would yield any benefits or is that too low? Definitely. Yeah, there's some benefits. Yeah, but would there be more benefit with with 600? Yeah. Would there be more benefit with 600? Yes. But would there be benefit with 300? Absolutely. You know, it's going to help free uh, free tests. It's going to help with uh, aromatase a little bit. And, um, you know, visually, you're going to look a little drier, I think, on the cycle. You know, you're going to control some of the the water, quote unquote. But um, yeah, there's definitely benefit. I think lately people have been thinking about using mast as their estrogen control. Um, would 300 be enough to control estrogen from 750 test for, we'll say most people, obviously that it, you guys can't answer it for sure. Cause everybody's going to be different. Right. Here's what I tell I'm going to say probably not. Yeah. I, I, but I it say depends though is, where you run. Sorry. Go ahead, Andrew. 
Well, I would agree with you because we don't know, right? We don't know someone's right. physiology, how their body metabolizes the compounds. So I say, look, it's really like 40 bucks to get your estradiol checked. Mm. Let's go two weeks on this protocol. Go get the estradiol checked. And then, boom, we can either titrate up or down. There you go. Uh, we might not have too much on this because I haven't personally used it or worked with anybody that used it. This was a question he sent in for drugs and stuff, and then I forgot it. And then the next week came, and then I forgot it. And then we were getting ready to record this show, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to ask Skip and Andrew about EPO. He said, uh, uh, what do you guys think about EPO? And he also added, what is your dream cycle? I think that's more like a Dave Crossland question that we would have fun with, but we're welcome to have fun with that one, too. Yeah, EPO is, number one, it's not used, and I'm not assuming that the person asking this question knows this or doesn't know this, but I think the large majority of people think that things like these are used at the, used far more than they are at the top level, Mm -hmm. and they're not. This was kind of a novelty item that was last minute for sure. And you guys correct me if you, if you feel differently, but it was a last minute peak type of compound that was used kind of secret, secret, secretly. We'll go with that. <clears throat> I wanted secretive, but then I couldn't put it together with secretly. But anyway, it's not something that's constant that is used. I have zero, I think I have zero experience with a client who has used EPO unless they have used it with somebody else prior to or after working with me. Yeah. But I, I, it's, it's a compound and there's very few compounds that I wouldn't be comfortable Hmm. in any way advising on because I don't have any experience with it personally. I have not used it. I, I see no, I don't see a big enough cost to benefit to have ever tried it. So I'll leave it to you guys to see. Maybe you guys have experience with it. I don't. No experience, no clients using it. I don't really feel like it has a place in bodybuilding. I feel like if it did, it still would have been, it, we would still be using it at the top level. Yeah, and right. We all have Olympia friends. Um, it's not being used. Yep. I agree with you 100%. Um, I, I looked at some of the info in the insert and they talked about using it in a hospital setting and doing blood work every day to make sure that you're not thickening your blood too much. Because from what I understand, You know, you go from like normal to thick to like motor oil sludge. And when that happens, it's not good for your heart or your brain. So we're already already thick. Yep. Exactly. You already have some cloggage in your arteries, like not a good recipe in bodybuilding. And my thought has always been like, if you really want to get your red blood cells up, I think we can do that with steroids. We can take that level so high to steroids that it's unsafe how much higher do we really need to take it? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like that's exactly. what our goal was. If you're absolutely yeah, set on taking something that starts with an E, just use EQ. There you go. <laughs> dream cycle. It's not a question we would normally do. And I don't think that we really like sit here and dream about cycles, but what would be your dream cycle guys? If there were no side effects and like no detriment to heart and health and yeah, all that, exactly. that would be a dream cycle, wouldn't it? Just yeah. Because otherwise, we have done exactly what we think is the best. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> yeah. I, I would run like test and trend year round. <laughs> no shit. I, here's my, I will piggyback off that and just say, again, no deleterious health, right? We're, yeah, we're, I guess that's okay. a dream cycle. Yes. Yeah. Then I would put about three or 400 milligrams daily of Anivar in there as well. <laughs> 
you said there were no health problems. There were no health concerns. So I love Anavar. So I did say Anavar, right? I didn't yes. mean Anadrol. Yeah. Not that it would matter. But there's, yeah, no side effects. You could do yeah, it. No side effects. I was throwing Anadrol too. What the fuck? No, Anavar definitely. Can, Andrew, Here's the kicker, though. You know full well that even if there, we'd have to also say there were no sexual side effects. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because we might not die, but we'd like, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's been seven months. I just. <laughs> I don't care to fuck. I don't care to do anything but train. <laughs> Everybody at home and Andrew, can we just take a minute to appreciate the quality of Skip's light balance right now? It is insanely crazy. It's so good. No, don't, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Okay, okay, okay. Hold on. I'm actually going like, to gonna get rid of me and Andrew for a minute. Hold on a second. I'm going to get rid of me and Andrew because I want to see like what Skip looks like on his own here. Let's see. We'll get rid of Andrew. Get rid of me. Look at that. It's like he, Andrew, doesn't wow. he almost look like he's like, if it wasn't bright outside, I'd think he was like fake almost. Batman or it, something. It's so real but that it's, it's fake. Yeah, it looks so good. And look at that train running behind him. Yeah, I figured you could hear it. So No, we can't hear it, but we can see it. Oh, you can't hear it for real? No, look, at we got that, like a real good view of the ocean. I swear to God, I could almost see waves out there. I see a yeah, flag the right by the ocean. Then Palm Beach and then, yeah, the ocean. Skip's okay if you want to leave the podcast just like this the rest of the way. Yeah. Well, I actually, yeah, no shit. I actually <laughs> thought you were giving me shit about how bad the lighting no, no, no. was on me. It looks oh, good. No. And the, oh, look at, no. we can see somebody. If you look to the right, somebody's in that window over there doing something. Yeah, uh, those are hedge funds. Um, the top two floors are hedge funds. So have these you ever, motherfuckers start out at like $250,000, $280,000 right out of college. So let me ask you something. Have you ever seen some like crazy hedge fund guy? Like doing coke off of uh, a hooker's ass in there, yeah. I haven't seen that, no. But I see a lot of dudes with, and they're young too, with ridiculously expensive suits and shoes when they come <laughs> in and out for lunch. It, seriously, like yeah. they are, they're balling, man. I'm like, God, the ass you guys are pulling is fucking insane. <laughs> and they're like 24, 25 years old, right? And some of them live here. That's why, uh, um, you know, we're right across no. the street, so. You know, there might be i'm guessing maybe 20 20 of our of the units here are people who just work right across the street and they're young yeah, and wow. they don't you know it's downtown so all right let funny. me see what do we got here we had a bench quest uh, hold on a second my computer's giving me and, a and before wheel. i forget i think liam has a great question for the next show about the virus and associated lockdowns food shortages if anything that taught us so keep that for the okay the next show uh unless we need questions now i don't think um, we do but okay um neven had asked us he said uh when benching does your head rest on the bench or is it lifted off how important is it to have your head resting on the pad when doing bench press i've heard people say that lifting your head off the pad can increase the chance of neck pain personally when i lay on a flat bench my head does reach because my head uh, i think he means doesn't reach because my upper back um should i put an extra pad behind my head anatomically yeah you're supposed to keep your your head flat to the bench do i no i probably do the i know i do the exact opposite of that because i've watched it in videos am yeah. i going to change my form no like right I, that's how i feel comfortable doing it i like kind of feeling my chin almost touching my pecs as i do, do it and that's how it's going to be done. So, you know what I find when, and I'm not saying you, but I've seen people do this and it's usually less experienced people when they're lifting their head, they're also concaving their shoulders. Yeah. I'm not doing that. I'm not I doing figured that, no. you're not, but I stay, I, I 
yeah, if you're doing that, I think you'd be all right, you know. But when I see the head moving with the set, that's where I have a problem with it. It's funny, though. I do the same thing, and I've been asked about it, too. And I'm like, you know what? Do, this one is a do as I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. just – and sometimes even warming up. I'll put my head all the way back. I'm like, why do I try this hey. every time I warm up? Because I fucking hate it, and I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. You right. feel way out of balance. You don't feel connected yeah. to, like, your core and your strength. Um, exactly. I'm, like, doing it as I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I put my head down, and I lift the chest. So I try to, I try, my head's going back onto the pad because I'm going like that, if that makes sense. Yeah, it I does. not doing it. I'm not yeah, asking you to. Let's, let's take Liam's no, question. I mean, I, hey, guys, I'm going to take a brief pause to shout out our advertisers. I'm going to try to make this quick, but keep in mind, they're responsible for helping us to put these shows out. If you guys want to support our programming, of course, you can do so through Patreon. And thank you to everybody who supports the show through Patreon. I will have links to that below, as well as to all of our advertisers. If you shop with our advertisers, you'll get great products, products that I stand behind, and you'll also be supporting our programming. First of all, check out truenutrition.com if you're in the U.S. I use their hydrolyzed beef collagen every day, and I use their citrulline malate, beta alanine, and EAA on days that I train. They have high-quality protein powders and tons of flavors. Hit me up if you have any questions. Use our code THINK over there. You'll get some additional savings, plus you'll support our programming, and you'll get some high-quality third-party tested supplements. If you're in Canada, check out supplementsource.ca. They have blowout deals on top name brand supplements. Uh, they constantly have different things happening. So be sure to go to their site and check them out. I recently saw Carbolin for like 30 bucks off. I mean, you really can't beat those prices. Plus they have free shipping over $99. If you're in the UK, then you probably already know about Strom Sports. They're one of the leader in health supplements in the United Kingdom. Strom Sports Nutrition has standalone supplements like NAC and Tutka, and they have finished blends like Support Max, a high quality, well-priced on-cycle support stat. I have links below to everything. Thanks for watching. Thanks for your support. You do you. And you do you, bro. Uh, and I'll tell you this, in Instagram, on Instagram, your chin and your neck will look better than mine. <laughs> so there's that. Mine's driven down into my pecs. I'm like, why? Why do I do that? That looks horrible. Like, what the fuck? All right. Liam's question. This is a good one. He said, a question for the next show. In retrospective, uh, what did the virus and associated lockdowns, food shortages, gym closures, et cetera, teach you? Is there anything bodybuilding wise or lifestyle wise that you've changed as a result? Really interested to hear all of your experiences and takeaways. This is a good one. Yeah. In retrospect, um, I tell you, I, what did it teach? It, 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 I don't know that it necessarily taught anything. I probably came away with the fact that, and other people may have too. If you trained through the the twenty, I call it the twenty twenty or the year twenty, because that's when it was the worst four or five months. At least here, I'm in Florida, so we didn't have the lockdown as long as everybody else did. Michigan, yeah, Whitmore, you were, you were locked down for a while, exactly. Uh, but my, I know when I came, when we came out of it down here, I was more irritated that there were more people in the gym because I was mm-hmm. training at 2 a.m. and no one was there. And then all of a mm-hmm. sudden I had to deal with, you know, people in a regular fucking gym. And I found myself and I was dieting at the time anyway, because I was prepping. Uh, but it was it was definitely I found it very irritating, unnerving, I guess, uh, that I wanted to be the only person in the in the. Uh, Jim, but I will tell you this. There's one other thing as far as food and if you didn't come out of the the 
pandemic or the lockdown or whatever the fuck you want to call it with the idea that you should probably have more food on hand than than you may have prior uh because it got to be tough depending on where you were to be able to get the staples you know let, let alone paying more everybody was paying a little bit more but just getting those yeah. things and uh, when you could there'd be like a limit on chicken breast and you sure. you mentioned it i think skip some fat lady filling up her your cart with chicken breast that she's never eaten in her life and now right. she's buying all of it you know and it's the same thing with water and it's like you've been drinking soda you haven't drank water for yeah. For well, you know, what do you need water for? Around this water. But it, what was do. funny is then you then you go and you, like I'm asking for you know 10, 12 pounds of chicken and people are looking at me like I'm an asshole and I, I literally turn to them and smile and go I get ten or twelve pounds every week. I'm not hoarding it. I'm not getting any more. But I would pay the. Did you flex? <laughs> did you give them a little bicep when you did no, that just to prove you want to prove I've it? Always, they weren't supposed to sell. This is at City Market or Whole Foods. They weren't supposed to sell, at least here, um, more than X amount. They wouldn't tell me how much it was. But if I said I wanted 10 pounds, they were like, well, we can't sell tell you sell you 10 pounds. So I was the dick that would pay these younger kids, yeah. you know, 40, 50 bucks cash and be like, give me my, come on, give me my <laughs> <laughs> and they would be cool would they be like yep okay and people look at me like how the fuck you get so much i'm thinking bitch because i gave the kid 50 bucks that's why you can too and i know that's shitty but then i look at it and i go you know what okay i'm eating 10 pounds but i'm not getting anything else in the store like yeah. you can have the rest of the fucking food but i just need this chicken breast so what the fuck and you know what in defense of myself everybody else i wasn't stacking my cart full of toilet paper I wasn't doing I wasn't doing shit like that. Plus, it was cool because if we ever ran out of toilet paper here, you know, my wife, she's the HNIC anyway. Of, well, see, now that's going to come back and get me, isn't it? I know. Just don't if carry on. Word, carry on. You know. Just keep going. But I had toilet paper here and paper towel because my wife could just go down to the <laughs> go down to the utility, whatever, wherever they keep all that shit. So we never did have to run out of it. I wasn't worried we were going to run out of paper at any time still you learn okay. how to stock up and be prepared i guess andrew how about you man uh biggest takeaway in my opinion was that all the things that i think people thought were authorities on health or you know let's say government agencies really had about as little as clue as anyone else and yeah. i feel like um they kind of that was really exposed in terms of population groups how to deal with it how to uh manage it um yeah, I'll leave it at that without getting too getting well, all political about it. But what about like bodybuilding side of things? Well, bodybuilders, I think, already take care of their health. No, you for know, you, so like, like population, you were affected. Oh, by my it. life was. Oh, my yeah. life was better. I'm not gonna lie, my life was awesome. You know, I had the gym to myself. Um, <laughs> we're up in Vermont, where everyone's vegan anyway, so all the chicken was fine. Um, <laughs> it was actually still like a dollar ninety a pound back then. Um, no, it was great, actually. It was like some of the best yeah. time. If I went on the road, there were no cars on the road. I could get to where I wanted in 10 minutes instead of 20. Yeah. Um, and in terms of like client load, I thought, you know, like a lot of people probably in our industry, like, oh, shit, you know, we're an expendable, you know, we're, we're a luxury service, really. So are, am I going to have some people that say, hey, I, I can't really afford you right now. I lost my job or, you know, they, they furloughed us or whatever. Um, my clientele actually went up like 15%. I was busy like yeah. crazy during that time. So it was, yeah. it was different than I expected, but it was actually some of my best times. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I, it hurt me at first because I had people that were getting ready for spring shows that all got canceled and that they gave up. You know, I knew people, there were a few people that gave up and, 
actually kind of keeping tabs on them. A couple of them that were doing really good ended up like giving up long term, like had still had problems a year or two later. You know, that it kind of like it threw them into a tailspin. I don't know what happened to their physiques, but people who were like incredibly lean, one girl who probably should reverse, you know, we talk about reverse dieting and we say that not everybody should. She was somebody who had to work really hard to get where we were. She, she her boyfriend had told me like, she's never been able to get her legs in shape. We were able to get her legs in shape. Like she looked good, but to get out of that, I wouldn't just like go and start, you know, shuffling no. down food again. And I think that's what she probably ended up doing. So, um, but it, you know, at, at the end, you know, our, down the road, it didn't, it didn't have an effect on my work either. I would say, the big thing that changed for me is going out. I don't go out anymore still. Like, I mean, obviously I had my own circumstances. I got really sick and I'm still trying to recover from that in a lot of ways, but I bought my own gym, you know, I trained from home. We talked on the phone the other yesterday morning, I was getting ready to do my workout and you're like, are you training? I was like, well, I'm just getting yeah. warmed up. And then I came and sat at my desk and talked to you, you know, but you know, I, I trained today. I didn't leave the house. So I, I found that I need society a lot less than I thought I did. And I save a lot more time by being more just self-sufficient. So that's, mm -hmm. that's I think, a big way that it changed for me. Skip, you got real bright all of a sudden. What happened? Well, because I was like fading away. I looked like oh. that floating head. <clears throat> floating head or floating face. It wasn't working very well. Oh, real quick one. Uh, one of our Patreon people had asked dosing info on the Relax Blend from Amino Asylum. If, uh, first timer, I would do like a quarter of a CC and then um, just to see how you feel. Because if you take a full CC like I did the first time, you're probably going to feel like I felt like my breath was kind of stopping for a minute. Like, mm. like I really had GABA? to inspire. Yeah, the GABA. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, GABA. High doses um, GABA do that to me, too. Yep, GABA and a few other things. But um, so then the next day I did like, I think, half a CC and I was completely fine. Still very relaxed and I still felt it a little bit, but not nearly as much. So I would just advise someone, you know, the first time do do a quarter of a, of a CC. All right. Did you get that, Skip? Get what? You got it for your wife. The Relax Blend? Yeah, I did. She um, She hasn't used it. Okay, okay. Yeah, Amino it's going to sit there and it's going to turn into um, it's going to turn bad before she uses it. I'm pretty sure Amino everything's Salem a really good idea until it, until I get something and then it's able to put into and it doesn't work. So, all right. I don't know why. Tips for use the code. Think additional savings. 20 percent off tips for athletes with severe IBS, rotten egg burps, diarrhea come show day. Tips on subs and med. Whew, that's a rough show day. Right. Well, I would want to know, like, is this actually IBS? Or are they just calling it IBS because they have diarrhea yeah, and right. burps and stuff? Um, but then this is something that you and your coach should have addressed, like, much, much earlier on. You know, I'm that's not saying everyone's yeah, yeah, I'm not saying everyone's digestion is going in perfect into a show because we all know, particularly with women, um, you know, a lot of times they're eating a little bit more vegetables. Sometimes that can lead to some issues, just not eating enough carbohydrate, not just just not getting regular gastric motility can cause some issues. But um, I think that's something that you got to deal with. You, you got to address before you even start your prep. You, you want your digestion to be good going in. You don't want to just wing it, wondering how much is this person absorbing, you know, uh, is it causing digestive issues? Cause when you have digestive issues, you're not training properly, you're inflamed, you're not recovering properly. So this is something you want to address well ahead of the day of the show. Totally agree. 
You got any supplement suggestions? <laughs> We've talked about this before. Any supplement suggestions you'd throw at him? To obviously not for a show day band aid, but you know, ahead of time. I get. Well, is it IBS or is it is it IBC or is it IB? Uh, what's the other one? IBD. Like, are they having constipation or diarrhea or are they having both? Because that does affect some things. But I think you know, number one, you got to make sure the. Um, you know, you got to protect the, the mucosal lining. So zinc carnosine, 70, 75 milligrams twice a day. Um, there's a supplement called NDFN from Metagenics, which is really good for repairing gut health and improving ga- uh, gastric motility. Um, he's having trouble going to the bathroom. Uh, 400 milligrams of mag citrate before bed can there help. There you go. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't yeah, think I mean, he's having be problems what... going to the bathroom, though. It okay. sounded more like, like it was diarrhea versus, yeah. That's right. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so then to me that tells me that he has an issue with either some um, um, permeability of his uh, mucosal lining. So you need to work on repairing that. So glutamine, zinc carnosine, um, licorice. Uh, I mean, there's a whole bunch of things you can try. But there's some blends out there. Like Metagenics makes a lot of good stuff. So does uh, New Ethics. Okay. What do we got here? Ab training. Um well, my computer does a little spinny deal. I'll just read it. Um, can one achieve good abs without doing isolated ab work? Um, can movements like rack pulls, dumbbell press, uh, cardio machines aid in ab development? I feel I don't have great abs or I'm just too fat to show them. All that aids with abdominal development for sure. I think... It- Here's the thing, and this is just going to be my opinion, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give it, and then I'm gonna ask you guys if you agree or what part you agree with, or if you think I'm just absolutely nuts. But I do think that for most people, they don't. Most people don't need to train their abs like viciously or brutally. I think that from an ab development standpoint, and there's two components here. There's visually. For, from a physique standpoint of balance and, and having the musculature and everything. But then there's also having the strength through the abdominal, you know, the muscles through your, through your abs and obliques and everything to balance, basically be balanced to support the spine so that you don't run into lower back issues because you have not even necessarily poor abdominal development, but poor strength to support your well, what ends up being your spine and your hips. So from a from a visual standpoint, I don't think that abs should be trained any more than is necessary. Now, that kind of flies in the face of what most, I think what most people think. But the abdominal muscles, whether it be the abdominal wall, the obliques, you still don't want those muscles to grow like you want back, chest, arms, legs to grow. So it's kind of a tough, because when you train them, they're going to grow. So it's kind of a tough that you want the strength, you want the development, but you don't want too much. You want enough to support so that you don't have a vulnerability there when you're doing bigger, you know, bent over rows, squats, things of that nature, deads, obviously. Uh, But I do think that the abs get a ton of work in those compound movements um, as well. Remember, uh, Dr. Jake was on, he was the chiropractor who worked, who I trained with for a long time in Colorado. And he still, he says that, that there is huge development 
of the muscles through the uh, through the midsection for those types of exercises. And he doesn't like a lot of direct ab work at all. I remember him coming on. I although and I agree with all of that. I think so. I can speak for myself that I have a long torso, and I think that I've seen people that the length of your torso helps determine like how thick those abs look. Like I see some guys that have like the short torso and they've got those like egg roll abs that just pop out year round. And then you got, you have the guys that have like the long flat looking abs and I have those. And I found that if my first contest, like we were wondering when my abs were going to show and it really wasn't an obvious, like I didn't have a lot of development either. So there was that, but, um, it ended up being like I had to cut water before we could really see them, see them. I had veins over my stomach before you could see my abs. So a yeah. guy like me and maybe a guy like him, I benefited from doing some ab work. And what I did was uh, I've always used, and, and I'll just ritually do this at the end of almost every workout, uh, is like, you know, they have like the the ab machine where you you can use the selectorized plates i think like life fitness makes one it's a chair where the legs come up and your waist you know you you crunch down i just put like three plates two plates on it and then i just do a crunch where i squeeze and then a slow negative squeeze slow negative i'd end up starting out just doing like 60 of them so like three sets of 20 and i'm like yeah it takes you know four minutes and then i would build up to like 100 and i build up to like 120 120 would take me literally like four or five minutes to do with a little bit of rest and you know look at the girls on the treadmill in between and you know basically cool down from my workout and that was enough to make a huge difference in how much my abs showed through so i never used like a lot of weight but i did feel like for me personally and i think part of it is the length of my torso that it does help otherwise like if i didn't rely on that if i just relied on like you know squats because everything else you're you're growing your abs it was never enough for me how often do you guys squat these days never i wish i could you, man i wish i could okay, I, next my lungs next question my lungs don't how often do you guys it. deadlift never scott I, I i'm not really training though so like no no hold on yeah, go ahead. If you were training, rack deads, how if, often? If I were training, I would do rack deads every, at least every other week. Okay, okay. My point being, though. Squats every week. We all did that. Well, we all did that. Yeah, we all did that stuff, probably both exercises within the same week or at least within the same 10 days, religiously for the first five to eight, 10 years of our bodybuilding right. journey. Right? Sure, absolutely. So we we build up a huge amount of strength in our abdominal, let's call it the quote unquote core, right? And then we get a little bit older and we have these little aches and pains. We throw our backs out, we have these injuries. We just can't load uh, bars on our back anymore. We can't pick bars up off the floor like we used to. Like we're strong, we just biomechanically, like your back doesn't let you do it anymore. You get shooting pain or the muscles, whatever it is, okay? So I, my point with saying that is that I think it is a little bit more important as we get past that point to train abs a little bit more frequently, which is what mm -hmm. I do because of that, because I'm not still getting that type of stimulus. Like there's no way you can replicate putting a bar on your back and supporting your whole abdominal core the same way you do with a squat. There's no exercise that really, really does that. Sure. I don't care belt squat, whatever you want, you know, any of those, um, what do they call it? The Rogers squat machine, which is cool. It's not the same thing. Um, would you guys agree? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah. So my point is just, I do think it's a little bit more important with that being said in the off season, I'll do them probably three times every two weeks, but then pre-contest I'll do them twice a week for like four sets of 15 to 20, nothing crazy. Mm -hmm. 
All right. Fertility question. A few different fertility protocols and whether or not when people say they still have their fertility, if they still have it after stopping Clomid and HCG. I'm not sure what I just read there. Effectiveness of HMG and FSH and if it's a good idea to run it during a PCT. So basically, let's ask this. Let's just start from the top. Um, do If you use HCG and Clomid to, to improve your fertility, are you going to maintain that long term? I don't know the answer to that. Well, I'm being honest, I don't either. Specific. Well, that's because it's so person to person specific. Yeah, it's, right. it's like people always try to come up with um, like the post contact or post cycle protocol, the PCT program that we used to see on the boards all the time. Sure. Well, they're not they're not looking at that person's labs and they're not extrapolating, you know, what what the doses of the compounds that we're talking about are actually doing and actually testing motility and and um, number of sperm. No. So like this is why you work with a um, like a clinic that deals with this. And, and, right. I, and I really think this is somewhere where us as coaches, we can't, there's no way we can know because we're not doing those tests. We, we don't test sperm motility. We don't test sperm number. Um, at least yeah. I don't like yeah. that. That's something a doctor should work with you. And it's it's just so person to person specific. Someone might be able to quit a cycle cold turkey and have their fertility back within six weeks. And we've all seen it. We've seen bodybuilders that you do the math and you're like, his wife is pregnant. She holy crap, he was on cycle then, or yeah, he was just barely exactly. getting done his cycle. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's so person-to-person specific. I have worked with people that had seen fertility doctors, but then we did our own thing, basically saved money by not going through the fertility yep. doctor, but then still got testing done. You know what I mean? But that's it. Mm-hmm. still, you know, we, we had the support of a doctor that was doing testing, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just In terms of fertility, though. In, in terms of fertility, are we talking about like just that their testosterone rebounded to normal numbers? Or are we talking about like sperm? I think he's talking about, yeah, fertility. So having like children. That's what I thought. Okay. Know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's why I say I don't go, I, I don't try, and I'm not saying or implying that you guys do, I'm just speaking for myself. I, I don't know enough about sperm motility and sperm count. Look, I can help you to recover when it comes to, you know, I, I know a couple of, I know trying to get big, I know trying to get lean. Then there's, I guess, number three doing both at the same time. But the point is, is recovery to me is I don't look at, I don't have, it's out of my wheelhouse when it comes to sperm motility and, and fertility. I can help you to get testosterone levels and everything, get you back online, that sort of shit. But it's just out of my wheelhouse. I don't know enough about uh, sperm count and that sort of thing. And you make a very good point, not only obviously that it's individual, but I mean, shit, a lot of us. Uh, we don't necessarily, I always say we, our sperm counts may go down while we're on cycle, but the ones, the sperm that are left, it's like they have S's on their chest because <laughs> I pretty sure I was at about a three count <laughs> and, you know, for our last daughter and it still happens and it's not uncommon. It's yeah. not uncommon. Yeah. What is common is they end up, you end up having girls <laughs> instead yes. of boys oddly but that's a that's a different that's a whole different discussion all right um how to take orals if every oral you try absolutely destroys your stomach i think i have a feeling what you guys are going to say oh and check chase irons is with R- us rectally 
Yeah, rectally. Oh, you could do that. Not, Technically, not that but oh, don't. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that isn't where you were going to go with no. that, Scott? <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought you were going to go. Yeah. Can I guess what you guys are going to say? <laughs> I'm pretty sure you know. Don't yeah. don't take orals. Yeah, don't take or orals. Them. Come on, or man. Them. Well, like, get a spoon them. out? Oh, okay, yes. <laughs> no, your injectable <laughs> anadrols, your injectable D-balls. Uh, yeah. yeah. Or just don't take them. Yeah. Yeah, do you need oral steroids at the end of the day? They're awesome. Yeah, yeah I'm not saying they're not awesome. Let's but not deny the awesomeness. Yeah, I, I can see my body change in three hours after taking an oral dose when I'm when I'm stage lean. Like I can I see when I wake up in the morning and I take my first dose, and then four hours later I'm like, okay. That's I it. hear like, you. I hear you. But do you absolutely need it? Like, let's say well, we we're don't in, need any of in a post <laughs> post oral world where there was an apocalypse and they're all wiped off. The aliens came and took all the oral steroids. Could you still get into shape? <laughs> oh yeah. Will it look yeah, as freaky? Probably not. Fun. Exactly. All right. Peter Edwards has one for us. Um, why aren't measurements irrelevant or commonly utilized data point in coaching competitive bodybuilding? I figure at the top level, it may be a bad strategy to let your dimensions go public and give up an advantage in terms of the illusion you're trying to create. And it may expose lagging body parts, but you always hear, I put on 5, 10, 15, 50 pounds of tissue, but you never hear, I want to bring my arms up this off season from 18 to 20 inches, or I put on 10 pounds of tissue and I maintain 26 inch waist. I it's actually a arms. good point. Yeah. I hear about I, well, I mean, I Hunter Lovato just posted a video the other day of him doing measuring yeah. his arms. Yeah. Yeah. I think, but I do agree with it's him in the common. sense that I don't think it's an, yeah, yeah. It's not a, it's not a very, it's not utilized as a, as a tool for, to gauge progress as much as you might think that it would be or could be. And, and my reason is pretty simple and I'd have to go both ways with it, prep and off-season. Off-season, it's a lot like the scale in the sense that you, you could just get fat as fuck and take your arms up to 20 inches, and it doesn't mean mm -hmm. anything. The other thing is is people struggle, much like a, like a caliper read. If you don't know how to measure or you don't know where to measure, then you're going to get not only incorrect measurements, but you're going to get inconsistent measurements as well. So I don't think it's a bad idea, but I do think it should only be one tool to add to scale weight, all the feedback that we get from our clients and that sort of thing. It just has to be done correctly. And it by itself, a tape measure, it really by itself, I don't think it means a whole lot. Yeah. I look at it the same way I look at um, those in-body scans or like when clients send me that and they're like, it says I'm this percent body fat and I'm yeah. like, there's no freaking way you're that. But like, or why don't you bring that piece of paper with you on stage and see if Steve brings you into the first call out because it says that you're 4.8 <laughs> body. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, my point being is that I trust my eyes and I trust the other um, modes of feedback that we're using versus in, I think also. I think clients would be like, you want me to do this every single time I check in, weigh my, measure my calves, measure my quads, measure my, then the check-in turns from the pictures into like an extra 10 minutes. Of, I feel like we'd get more resistance with that. And I, it'd be probably be something I wouldn't really look at too much anyway. You know, you could probably do it at like, you know, I, and I've had people tell me like, Hey, when we started, I measured my waist and now 12 weeks later, my waist is this, you know what I mean? And that's always kind of like cool. But I'm kind of like, yeah, you can see that in the pictures, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I yeah. just don't care enough about the numbers. Like, it's like we can see it. 
you know? Yeah. I tend to use the tape measure a little bit more, or actually predominantly, when it's a recomp. And I'll tell you why. I think some people struggle to see because they don't see a black and white Mm. like measure or something change when the scale weight tends to be staying the same. And, you know, when you get leaner and you're trying to grow at the same time, so when you're recomping, it does, like, you got to be a pretty patient. Yeah. You got to just be able to put your head down and trudge forward, not focus too much on the micro gauge, you know, things that we're trying to gauge for progress as we go. But those things can be beneficial. Same and, and for recomps with the weight uh, measure or weight with the waist measurement as well. So in situations like that, I like it. I like it a lot more, but it isn't something that's very common. I might have 10 clients who are using, you know, a a tape measure at some point. Also, uh, we got another one, bunch more here, but uh, I wanted to just add that Chase Irons, who's hanging with us, said, uh, you can get your sperm checked from a company called Legacy. I did it to check my numbers. Uh, you get uh, your info a week uh, from home. There you go. Nice. And next question is uh, pros and cons of running EQ into a show from Kane Douglas. Hmm. Pros. I mean, well, cons, you might have some conversion. You might, um, you know, be a little more watery if you're someone prone to that. Cons, it's an AAS. It promotes nitrogen retention, anabolism. It's going to help you stay fuller. Um, Yeah. It's not something I tend to do unless someone says, hey, I do really well with EQ running into a show. Yeah. Yeah. That's just me personally. I've done it and I've not done it. The only thing that's tricky about EQ is that if you... It, because it is such a long half-life, if you do want to pull it out, you generally want to, like, you, you can't just do that the last 10 days and expect, yeah. you know, to get what you want, right? Yeah. I'd say safer would be to err on the side of caution and take it out would be my thought in general, right? Agreed. That's kind when of like, you guys like to pull it out? About six weeks, usually, personally. Mm-hmm. But then I might switch that with something else, you know? Yeah. Couple jokes there, but I held my maturity. Oh, that's good. I didn't even think it's hard. It's very difficult. I was waiting for a tape measure joke. Like (laughs) I was really was. You're like the only time I get a tape measure out. (laughs) Been a difficult segment. (laughs) All right. Um, Zach says upping frequency on back by adding to other sessions. Uh, uh, assuming movement patterns are correct. Yes or no. I've seen laterals, curls, and hamstring curls done this way, but never back movements. So he's never seen back added to another body part, like as touch-up work, as you might call it. Yeah, I wouldn't say that's a foreign concept. I think we all have people that maybe we program one or two back movements in on another day um, in an effort to bring them up. I. I, yeah, I don't think that's that weird. Skipper? I didn't understand the question. Like, you know, I when you literally train... was like trying to, I don't understand. So like training back, but then, you know, like some people will be like, you know what? I want to bring my arms up. So at the end of the week when I'm training legs, I also throw in a little bicep curls. He's talking about throwing in some back on another training day. Is that a bad oh, idea? Okay. okay. All right. All right. And you said no, Andrew. I would assume it's not a bad idea. I said it's not that um, weird of an idea. Like, yeah, no, no, not at all. And it, it, 
I was actually taking it as things like, say, lower back traps, rear delts. Mm. Um, but there's a myriad of different different ways. I mean, I prefer rear delts after back where someone else may prefer them on shoulder day. So then the question becomes, what is back? <laughs> is back lower back? All right. Let's make this easier. Is, Would, is it okay to train a muscle group as a secondary body part later in the week after training something else? Okay, now here's here's another part of this question though that has to be asked, and that is, do can we do we agree, or how do we feel about that secondary work being submaximal effort? Like if you're just going to go in to get a pump, I honestly don't think that is worth the time or the effort. But some people do, so I'm not saying it's necessarily right or wrong. I don't feel that that doing it in that fashion is going to be beneficial because I don't think that it helps with, gr- well, with growth or it's a stimulus that's going to provide growth well let's even assume that it's not submaximal like you're doing let's say you're doing pull-ups and in the addition yeah, in addition good. to you know you, you did your back day on monday full back day you did you know chest and shoulders on say tuesday uh took wednesday off thursday you did legs friday you're doing arms and then you also throw pull-ups in maybe to start the start the uh workout off sure and i don't think that's a bad idea but i it still asks the question as an and this is what i would ask if a client asked me this are you recovering so well that you can benefit from added work halfway between mm. your regular back workouts if not mm-hmm. then are you training hard enough are you training that's a good question yeah so i mean there are other variables in there. If you see the recovery, if you feel like you're training hard enough and you see that the recovery is so good that in two or three days that you can add another exercise or even two exercises, then shit, yeah, at least give it a shot, a shot and see. Another thing you can do is a rotation. I don't want to take this too deep, but you know, we all get stuck on these like, oh, on Mondays I train back on like, you know, Mm -hmm. I train legs on Thursdays. Well, as soon as you add more work, then you're still staying with the weekly, like, okay, on Mondays I train back, so I add some on Thursday, but I got to train back again hard on Monday. If there's a rotation there, then you could add time in between so that you're you're not coming around in a week or every seven days and hitting it hard. It could be every 10 days because there's a rotation, and yeah. that could allow for more recovery to train more frequently. And I think people get locked into that weekly mm-hmm. structure, weekly schedule, and they say, oh, well, I tried to add in more work and it doesn't work. Well, it doesn't if you're only, if you're limited by that seven day structure, but it might be different if it were a 10 day rotation, like a 10 day structure based on a rotation. That's complicated. I don't want to drag I it like out. I like that though. I like where you're going with that. something to consider. Skip the 45 pound plates are lighter on bench press on Mondays. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, he did say on Tuesday. He said, "Assuming movement patterns are correct," but I would like to challenge him and say, "If everything is growing and your back isn't growing the way you wanted it to, then why is it not? What what is different about your back training?" And that's that's where I would start. You know, instead of because I think because it's a weakness, he can't say, "Well, my back is a weakness." Is it growing and progressing at the, at relatively the same rate that everything else is, even if it's a weakness? Because that's what we do with weakness. We go, oh, it's a weakness. So I have to train it more frequently. Yeah. Not necessarily. Yeah. I think that that's, well, that is what we jump to is like, okay, I need to do more of this in order to make that grow. I need to push it harder. But you know what? I've done that. And back for me, that was my nemesis. And I finally figured it out. Guess what? I thought that I had it figured out. There's a chance that even though you think you have the motor patterns perfect, as you put it, motor patterns, there might be something more 
that you're not getting. And that could be the reason why, say, your chest and your everything else, you know, it, I, I think that that's a place too that having somebody to give you a good evaluation, I don't know. It'd be great if you could just go into the gym and I've done this with some of my local guys. Like, let's come over to my house. We'll train back. We'll figure out exactly, you know, what's going on. And we find out like, oh yeah, you have really great biceps. And guess what? You're pulling with your biceps, you know, and maybe that's yeah. not his case, but there's maybe something there. I would say be open-minded to looking at what the problem is versus just jumping to the solution of more. Right. I will say to be the counter to that, okay. um, just because we released a video just recently of uh, where Dave Tate is talking about um, him and John training for his back for universe. And I, I, I saw that released. I got to watch that still. Uh, 80 sets a week. So uh, eight, 40 sets on Monday and 40 sets on Thursday or Friday. And he did that, I think, for like the last six weeks going into going into the show. And he brought his back up even more. So okay. I, I oh, guess just to point shit. this out that. I just brought this up just to bring because sometimes it is a volume thing because um, yeah. I would agree with you at first say let's look at the mechanics of the movement and look at the other areas recovery etc but I do say just because I've been seeing it a little bit more lately especially with John um, increasing volume for him and, and that's kind of how we built a lot of his programs right if you've, yeah. you've done his mountain dog program Scott yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever have skip but um, I've you know, seen you have them your but base. I haven't done them. <laughs> yeah, you, you got your base days and then you have pump days for extra volume later on in the week and you don't have to do them all. You know, he'll have pump days for uh, chest and shoulders, you'll pump days for for uh, legs, you'll have pump days for your back. Maybe you need to bring up your legs and your biceps the most. Okay, so you figure out what formula is going to work best for you scheduling throughout the week with that added volume. And it is submaximal work, actually. Um, yeah. He wants it to be submaximal. Like Avalanche. I really like that program a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's one of my favorites, actually. Mine too. So, I, so my, my only point to say that is that sometimes um, adding a little bit of submax volume, and I think if you look up uh, Dr. Um, who's, the, who's the guy that writes all the books? Hypertrophy. Um, oh my God. You know what I'm talking about? Nope. He's like, nope. he's like the guy who does all the studies and on actual bodybuilders. Uh, Brad Schoenfeld. He just, yes. Thank you. Brad okay. Schoenfeld. Yes. Um, his book goes over some of that stuff too. So about, okay. about improvement with submaximal loads. So hmm. yeah, Interesting. maybe there's something to it. Yeah. And I think the, the thing is, is just be open that it, you know, be, be open-minded. It could be any of those things. That's a, a lot of what we talk about in muscle minds is like, what's the answer? Well, you got to try and find out, you know? Mm -hmm. In fact, I think and that's the answer this. for everything on muscle minds. Well, I'll say this one, one more thing. What might work today might not work for you tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and, yeah. I, and that's probably the biggest lesson I've learned is that what you did 10 years ago might not be the most advantageous thing for you to do today. All right. This guy asks, uh, my computer's running really slow today for some reason. I probably like have a zillion apps open on it right now. Um, if I don't care about fertility, three kids already, can I just drop the HCG totally? I'm doing a 300 milligram per week test E cruise, four units of growth daily, no AI, because uh, blood work has only shown the need when I go on a blast above 500, um, the, if, at, if that's it, uh, 0.5 milligrams. Arimidex when I go on a blast day. above 500, then it's five. Oh, then at 0.5. Yep. It's not period five. It's 0.5 Arimidex. I think yeah. he means yeah, 0.5 yeah. mig Arimidex every other day. 
Yeah. Yep. I didn't mean to cut you off. I could no, just no, I no. kind of see it. There, I couldn't see I wasn't it. Wasn't sure you could. Yeah. Yeah. So does he need That's, HCG? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. And I hate to, you know, I always want to put this in here. I hate to tell someone not to do something yeah. because I don't believe in it. But he's basically, I would say if it were me using Andrew's, you know, we talked about these semantics last on the on the podcast, uh, last podcast. If it were me, I wouldn't. And I'm not a big fan of HCG or PCT for that matter. You guys know, and I get this with clients a lot. I will support a client if they want PCT, but I would, I advise most people not to do PCT unless they need it. That is totally not what he just asked. I get that. So the only question I had, you took it down was, is he doing 0.5 milligram of Rimadex? His question was, his question was that was about the HCG. Okay, it was just about the HCG. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. get it out. It was extra details. Okay, all right. He probably just wants to save a few bucks, and honestly, with the 300 megs of test, what does he really need it for anyway? Yeah. I agree with Chase Irons. PCT is for <laughs> <No> quitters. <laughs> good, 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 good call. I've tried to go to Chase Irons' live stream. It is... It, it's all private now. So Chase, I've gone there. I've knocked on the door. You haven't answered. I've cried, and then I've left, and I've I felt sad. So there's that. <laughs> now, he's doing a good thing over there. He has uh, like a it's it's his private YouTube group now where he does his live streams. I think they're all Monday through Friday, like around five p.m. You guys can tune in if you're part of the group. There's that. I just got a I just got a text from Chase. He says. Uh, do you go up to a vending machine, push the buttons, and expect <laughs> to get food without putting money in there? <laughs> he's probably like, I blocked I blocked Think Big Bodybuilding Media on YouTube. <laughs> all right, that's all we got, guys. I, uh, I appreciate you hanging out. We had a lot of fun doing a whole bunch of stuff. I hope people appreciate our, our kind of altered format, this, this uh, recording session. We did a bunch of different stuff today. We should ask them, see what they think. What do you guys think? <laughs> like, comment, subscribe. Yeah, like, Word. comment, subscribe, all that. Tell your friends about Think Big Bodybuilding Media. Tell your friends about Skip Hill. <laughs> all that. Anyways, guys, we appreciate you tuning in. And uh, thank you guys for uh, you know hanging out on the live stream, including Chase Irons, especially Chase Irons. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Uh, and I especially appreciate everybody over at Patreon. Um, I took some of these questions from Patreon today and I got a little bit away from it because I've been super busy, but I've been digging back into all the DMs you guys send. Uh, so if you hadn't heard back from me yet, uh, look forward to hearing from me soon. If you guys want to uh, get some coaching from these fellas, you can go over to teamskip.com. You can reach out to Skip there. You can go to bodyberry.com. You can reach out to Andrew over there. Hit me up at mcnallydiets at gmail.com and go to our illustrious sponsors. I already talked about them in the beginning, so we'll leave it at that. For another episode of Blood, Sweat, and Gear, I'm Skip Hill, or I'm with Skip Hill and Andrew Berry. I'm Scott McNally, guys. We'll see you soon. Thanks, guys.